Good morning or good evening, wherever you are listening in the world. Thanks for downloading the Arsenal versus Southampton Big Match Build-Up Show podcast. So coming up on this week's show then, uh, an international break, which Saints uh, have taken the chance to lick their wounds once again. Saints head to Emirates this weekend, uh, looking to win at Arsenal for the first time in over three decades and somewhat to try and kickstart their season. Both Hassan Hutu and uh, Unai Emery are managers under pressure, and Saints tend to play without pressure away from home, and we want to build a performance and some momentum uh, going into a crucial time. So on this week's show, then we chat to the host of the Total Saints podcast, Ben Stanfield. We chat the Everton desperation, Arsenal fresh starts, Movember, and the Total Saints podcast, episode 100, live. Oh, do stay tuned for your rough guide or your uh, bite-sized guide to Arsenal after our chat with Ben. But for now, this is Arsenal versus Southampton Big Match Build-Up Show. Good evening, one and all. We are live on YouTube. Now joining us this evening, a few days ahead of kickoff, joining me, the host of the excellent Total Saints podcast, Ben Stanfield. How are you, mate? Thanks, thanks for coming by. Yeah, not too bad, Freddie. We were just having a quick chat, weren't we, about the fact that we've been enjoying 10 days without having to worry about Saints. So I feel quite relaxed, actually. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you know, it's a stress-free environment for the last 10 days, but equally it's a sad indictment of the situation. Mm, it is, isn't it? We we never used to look forward to international breaks. Now we sort of uh, cross off the days until they come, don't we? Mm. I mean, let's take a chance then to kind of look back briefly at the Everton game. Um, it seems like a, a long time ago now, almost you know, nearly two weeks ago. But uh, Saints won Everton two, and it's the home woes that continue for all of the new enthusiasm, the fan base sort of really up for it recently, uh, kind of snowballing really the enthusiasm. But we made it difficult uh, to support after kind of four minutes. Tom Davis unmarked in a far post, which set the pattern of the game. It was schoolboy defending. It was, wasn't it? I uh, I thought we'd lost the uh, zonal marking issues under Mark Hughes when he went out the door, but uh, for some reason, Ralph and his team seemed to have... Uh, implemented them again but yeah I mean you, you talk about going into a game like that Freddie make or break uh, probably the biggest game of our season at that point and uh, Ralph had spoken about you know having a good 15-20 minutes starting uh, you know on the front foot and all that sort of thing and typical Saints as we've seen all throughout the years all of uh, everyone that's watching will know typical Saints in uh, terms of letting a goal in and uh, you're on the back foot straight away aren't you? I mean, it was players once again in the wrong position. We, we, you know, I think most of us speak for kind of like broken records for the last sort of four or five weeks, square pegs in round holes, you know, players on the pitch not wanting to be there. I'm sure many people have read the excellent Squarey uh, League One minus 10 blog. But I think for the first half, it was mostly without intent, without pressure, without desire, no shots and no target, uh, no shots on target either. It's just incredible that Saints can do that in a game like that, isn't it? I mean, you know, we, we feel like we scraped the barrel uh, quite a lot in the last two or three years. Um, they seem to find new ways to, to sort of put you through a low as a fan, don't they? I mean, how you can go into a game like that, um, as I say, you know, we, we felt it was big, make or break, and to get the half-time, not even having a shot off target. I mean, it just, you know, we weren't playing Chelsea, we weren't playing Liverpool, we were playing Everton that were... You know, about uh, they're or thereabouts uh, near us, Freddie. They've not won a game, I think it was, what, since February or something away mm. on the road, something like that. And again, you know, better finishing. It could have been four or five nil at halftime, couldn't it? And it was just, as, as I said, I mean, you, you struggle even two weeks on to sort of find the words for a, a performance like that. But it, it really was, um, you know, disappointing, I think. 
I mean, disappointing is a verb that's used quite lightly in this situation. But we're going to go to a comment straight away, actually. Marcus said uh, the first half against Everton was the saddest I've ever been watching Saints. Even worse than the Leicester in some ways. Not hopeful about Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I find it hard to disagree with Marcus, uh, Freddie. I think... Um... You know, there's lots of fans, I think, we feel at rock bottom at the moment, don't we? And it's hard for, um, you know, fans that go to the game, spend a lot of money um, following the team up and down the country. You want to be positive. You want to have something to cheer about. But I think probably all of us feel a little bit drained after 12, 18, 24 months of this now, don't we? And I think we hoped 12 months ago that Ralph would come in and turn it around. And I think he's probably tried his best. But unfortunately, we, we still find ourselves with a similar group of players. And I think probably all of us, we need a bit of inspiration on the pitch, don't we? I think we feel that we probably cheered them on and tried to do our best in the, the stands. I know the, the atmosphere at St Mary's has been quite volatile maybe the last six months or so, but it's understandable when you've not won a game. So I think Marcus is right. I, I, I can't say I'm overly optimistic about the run between now and Christmas. Saints need to inspire us and get that confidence back in the fan base. And if they can do that, then hopefully we can get behind them. Mm, I mean, to be honest, we showed all that sort of expression and desire for all of about 20 minutes in that game against Everton in that second half. You know, we find that equaliser with Danny Ings. We thought this might uh, kind of catapult us into a bit of momentum. But, you know, we have to give a, a bit of positivity here on the show. Uh, Danny Ings has become this sort of talisman, but it's Buffal's desire to take on the man yeah. and drill it across the box. It, it, I mean, you, you know, he's a player that I think all of us have spoken about, haven't they, is having that, that sort of flair, that excitement. He is unpredictable. You know, he'll probably have two quiet games in three, but you know he's going to create something. He, he scored some wonderful goals in his time at Saints. Um, he did all right on loan at Celta Vigo. Um, I, th I think there's always been that question, hasn't there, about his his work ethic in a Ralph Hasenhutl team. But to be honest, we're not seeing many players put in a shift in that Saints team at the moment. So he's not going to stand out from that point of view. But I think, you know, now that Gineppo's fit again, you know, Redmond's been out of form a bit, hasn't he, so far this season. So maybe you are looking at Gineppo and uh, Buffal as your st sort of starters over the next two or three games and giving them a bit of a chance. I mean, Gineppo has played the best part of maybe four or five games, obviously started against Everton. But, you know, Terry Payne's been out in the news recently, said, uh, you know, Gineppo is, is the kind of go-to man to give us that spark of imagination. It's uh, quite sad to think of that this lad, young lad, 21 years old, you know, come over from Belgium, Stanley Liège and instantly hit the ground running. But, you know, he's, he's had the best part of injuries since he's kind of scored that magical goal against Sheffield United. Yeah, and it puts pressure on him, doesn't it? I mean, you know, straight away we're looking, as you say, Freddie, a young lad that's coming to the team. He's trying to establish himself in Southampton Football Club, let alone in the Premier League. Um, you know, there's already people I've heard talking about him being the next Sadio Mane and all this sort of weight that we're putting on his shoulders. And now we seem to be looking for him to inspire the team to uh, sort of wins and everything. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, the frustration as well, as we all know, is that he hasn't necessarily played in his favoured position much this season either, has he? So I think that's a big question mark about what Ralph's going to do with him. But, you know, he's, he's someone that if it, you know, has shown enough already this season that he needs to be starting games. And if he's on the pitch, he's he's got that ability, a bit like Buffal, a bit like Redmond, to create something out of nothing. Mm. And when we saw the three of them on the pitch against Brighton, you know, we kind of devastating in the attack, uh, scoring that sort of second and third goal, really. But, uh, you know, I want to say hello to the people that are already watching 25. You on the live stream. Hello, Bartlett. Hi, there you are. There's your comment on screen. Uh, and yeah, we'll get to Pochettino in a little while, Um LB Transport, and we'll also suggest a few lineups and predictions. Hassan, just seen your comments. Um, but let's get back to kind of the second half, though. I mean, that adrenaline faded faster, didn't it? We invited Everton back into the game. Eventually, of course, it came inevitable. You know, Richarlison finishing a quick counter-attack, schoolboy defending once again. It's a catalogue of errors, you know, classic errors, if you like. No one tracking the man on the back post. 
How many times have we seen it? How many times have we said it, Freddie? I mean, what do they do in training every week? It's just incredible, isn't it, that uh, Saints can do that? And uh, again, I mean, obviously, Gineppo was sort of playing in the, the left-back position uh, at that part of the game and you know, maybe wasn't as switched on to the, the cross coming in as uh, players would have been. But even then, I mean, he's unmarked at the back post and, you know, you, you see the replay of the goal and you sort of think, well, if that had gone to a Saints striker, probably sliced it wide, gone over the bar, something like that. But just the way things are going for Saints at the moment, it was a good finish. And as you say, typical Saints, really. I mean, they did well for 10, 15 minutes. They get themselves back in the game, shoot themselves on the foot, and then they're always chasing it from there. So uh, mm. it is frustrating. It is disappointing. And the only thing you can hope is that this is going to give them that kick up the backside that we've all been saying they've needed the last two or three months. And you've mm. kind of hoped it would come before this, but... You know, it really is make or break now. We keep using that phrase, but for me, this next, you know, they need to win two of the next three games, I think. They've got Norwich and Watford at home. I know we're going to talk about Arsenal, but Arsenal, I wouldn't say they're beatable necessarily. You know, they're obviously struggling, but we can definitely go there and get something if we maybe go with the, the lineup and tactics, which I'm sure we're going to discuss like we did at uh, the Etihad. I mean, you know, at the end of the day uh, in the Everton game, those kind of, uh, where is it? The scarves, oh, it's all going to fall apart now. We're like, <laughs> there it goes. The scars turn into blindfolds, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, I'll uh, I'll leave that for the uh, for the for the box for the attic. I won't look look at it again. The but, sentimentals, um, you know, yeah. Those fans, though, we, we it was starting to point the fingers in all different directions. The manager, the mm. owners, but the players have to take some blame here too. And actually, great comment here from um, Scott. We're averaging a point and a half per game for about half a season. Gineppo's looked great, and otherwise, it's pretty much the same same team. How could it get so bad so fast? Yeah, I mean, I think I saw, I may be totally wrong here, but I think I saw a stat from Adam Blackmore after that game against Everton, which was something like 15 out of 61 home games now that we've won, um, which is incredible really over the last two or three years. I may be wrong, so if I am, apologise. But uh, I think um, it just, yeah, I mean, what, what what can you say? I mean, in terms of giving out the, the, the marketing, giving out the, the sort of clackers, the fire show, the light shows, all those sort of things. I mean, all as I think one of your guys said to you after the game against Everton, all we want to see is some performance on the pitch. And you're right. I mean, you know, it's easy to, to start shooting off at different people when things are going badly. But there's a there's a lot wrong at the club, Freddie. Um, there probably has been for a long time. Um, you know, Glenn, Glenn's tweet uh, just before the break summed it up nicely in terms of, you know, we don't have a director of football. We have no head of recruitment. We have no under 23 manager there's no uh, sort of full-time assistant manager next to Ralph I mean there's alongside the players there's so many sort of gaps in that structure that you you, you can't really be surprised that the way things are going at the moment I mean you're taking the words off the tip of my tongue this is a club that appears with no structure no direction we've lost the the kind of uh, we've lost sight of the sort of blueprint that um, you know kind of built the foundations of the football club on yeah, the philosophy. I mean, we've we've spoken a lot, as you say. I mean, your scar says we march on the Southampton way, and you know what what is the Southampton way these days? I think that's the the trouble. None of us know. We're we're you know we're not playing the players that we signed in the summer. We're not bringing anyone through from the academy. Um, we're playing players out of position. Ralph seems. I mean, Ralph's looked drained, hasn't he? He's looked lacking energy, and you know he's obviously trying hard. And I, I think you know we've all been quite certainly myself quite um, sort of uh, keen to to say that we're still behind him, and that you know changing the manager again won't necessarily solve it. It, but it's, it's you, you just it, it needs something something needs to happen doesn't it they need to you know I saw Nicky Banger was saying in the echo they need to learn to win ugly I mean let's be honest they need to learn to win you know I don't care if it's good bad or ugly so as, if they can get a win from somewhere that's going to build some momentum um, you know where it's going to come from we don't know the pressure's of course going to be on in a couple of weeks but it is, it's a hard time at the moment as, uh, as Saints fans but you know we've all been through the ups and downs and that's part of being a Saints fan isn't it you know that the, the rough will come with a smooth we've had a, a few good years we're going through a tough couple of years 
there'll be good times again. We've just got to sort of stick with the team and, and wait for those. And it may take weeks, it may take months. What, it do, what doesn't help is that, you know, we're getting on the backs of the players within the stadium. I think we need to look back on the kind of 90s, uh, and kind of protest. If you're going to protest, protest before and after the game and have a plan. But it's not going to be easy to kind of get Gao out as many are kind of uh, trying to quote at the moment. But, you know, some great comments already here. Uh, Mark says they're not sure what the answer is there. Redmond and Gineppo both look like the play on the left. And Redmond doesn't like to play in, in the centre. They're the best uh, players uh, with Ingsy. And William, equally kind of Gineppo and Buffalo, the only direct players at the moment. Redmond was last year, but he's been holding back recently. Yeah, I don't know what's happened to, to Redmond this year. I mean, obviously he had his uh, nickel, didn't he, after, what was it, the Fulham game away, he got injured, didn't he? And he took a, a month or so to come back. He was back for the Pompey game and did all right down there. But let's be honest, um, pretty average uh, League One side that we were playing mm -hmm. against. But uh, yeah, I don't know what's happened. Um, with. I, I think he's probably just been dragged down with the rest of them, hasn't he? No, no one seems to be inspiring each other on the pitch. There doesn't seem to be one player that, you know, bar maybe Danny Ings this season that's sort of come out so far in credit, I think. And uh, it does need someone to sort of grab the uh, the ball by the horns to a certain extent and sort of, you know, drive on. I mean, again, I'm a massive fan. I've said it before about uh, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg, but Lord knows what's happened to him this season. He, again, ever since that fans forum when he got put on the spot about the contract, he's just not looked the same player. There's not been the same energy. I mean, again, he missed the game against Everton for uh, concussion didn't he so um, you know what's going on in that situation as well because then if you've not got a captain on the pitch inspiring everyone either that's another challenge so there are so many things that need to be sort of sorted but it does it needs someone to bang a goal in from 30 yards or someone to go in off the, the, the backside or something like that doesn't it and get them all going and build some momentum really just need a bit of luck as they say um, but uh, you know some great comments again in on, on YouTube as well. And, but I mean, at what point does this start to become a crisis? Uh, what is going on? Um, you know, I think Ralph has tried almost everything. Uh, it almost seems like a kind of a madman philosophy at the moment, playing right midfielders in at left back, central attacking midfielders at right wing back. Um, but again, it's kind of an opportunity for Saints to lick their wounds over this past 10 days. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, crisis, you know, we have to remember there's lot, lots of football clubs in England that would swap to be with us in the Premier League and I know it sounds silly to say that when you're in the relegation zone and we're obviously struggling but let's remember that you know we're, we're a club that is still making money and we're still being sustainable and we've still got a future and that sort of thing but the, the fact is now Freddie we need to win a couple of games to get back in touch with the group it's, it's not a case of winning games to pull yourself up the table so mm -hmm. in terms of the league situation it's not a crisis because you are still only four maybe five points adrift but it's going to get to that stage where if you, you lose the next couple of games you're maybe six seven points and then you, you know you're having to win three or four games just to catch up with everyone and that's when the pressure is really going to be on um, I've seen the stats that everyone else has done about us having the the toughest sort of start to the season and now we're going to go into a 10 games where we've got the sort of 15th and 16th easiest run I think it is but again it, you know when it comes to the Premier League every game is tough we know that so I think we'd be naive as fans to think oh brilliant we've got where we should pick up 10, 12 points because we know that that's not going to happen. So I think we have to be realistic. As you say, we have to try and get behind the team. Um, you know, let's hope that that can start this weekend with Arsenal, but it will quickly become a crisis if things don't turn around. And of course, the manager's going to be under a lot more pressure as well. He's the obvious one that's going to be the target of sort of fans, players, board, I think. Mm, and indeed, uh, the, the, there will be a sold out support of the Emirates on Saturday. Fantastic travelling yep. support as always. Um but, I mean, what do you think Ralph has been working on this week? You know, there was a kind of social media blackout after that humiliation against Leicester. They didn't kind of tweet or show any videos, galleries, etc. for about a week or so. But, you know, we've seen them back on the uh, on the website this week. 
getting ready for Arsenal. Um, but I've also read a couple of weeks ago, you know, Romeo and uh, Armstrong was spoke to the local press. Uh, you know, they, they kind of say this isn't the time to worry about relegation. But are they so far um, separated uh, from the fan base in the situation right now? It's a hard one, isn't it? Footballers always talk a good game. I think Saints again over the over the years. I mean, we've had some wonderful talkers at St Mary's, haven't we? And I think uh, it's an interesting one. Um, I was slightly surprised by um, I think it was Romeo, wasn't it, talking about that they they you know that they it was whether whether it was going to be a case of sort of you know talking about relegation now or not. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes you have to realise that you are in the situation you're in and it's fine as footballers to say that we're 12 games in, you know, there's plenty of time to go, the the winds will come, all those sort of cliches that we always hear. But sometimes you do just need to sit down in a room as a team and go, look, we're in a fight here and the only way that we're going to get out of it is by pulling together as one, understanding what the manager wants, getting out there and, and delivering that, motivating the fans, all the sort of things that we would expect. And, you know, we've spoken about it before. I mean, that Leicester game was embarrassing for a variety of reasons. But for me, it was the the biggest reason was the fact that that team just gave up, you know, and they, they weren't, you know, all you want to see is 100%. And, and if you lose 4-5-0, that's fair enough. But they, they need to, I, th- I think they need to get a grasp of reality, stop the talking. I, I've been, yeah, a bit like you said, Freddie, sort of pleased that there was a bit of a blackout. Just focus on football. You know, I'm not bothered about Danny Ings banging the ball in from two yards out in a training match. You know, it's really not, because he can't do it on a Saturday. You know, unless he gets the chances, it's, it's not going to happen. So they need to be, realistic but I think they do need to maintain a certain element of confidence because if you don't have that then you will drift um, downwards very quickly so mm. it is a fine line I mean we're not football managers we're not football players um, you know I think you have to understand that there's a lot that goes on in the head of a footballer um, but ultimately that's the job of the manager and the support staff to get those players motivated and get them believing that they can get out of this situation. Yeah I mean from what I can see it doesn't feel like the, the players are reacting to the manager almost appears like there's the same kind of player revolt that there were against Pocha. Pellegrino, Hughes, Puel, etc. But, you know, Saints have played this uh, behind-closed-doors friendly against Brentford last week. 4-0, you know, Adam Zings, a few others on the score sheet. Uh, but that's only purely a, an exercise, a fitness kind of, uh, you know, match. Yeah, I mean, when I, when I saw the score, I thought, I think, like all of us, I was shocked that we'd kept a clean sheet, score four goals. Yeah. And I saw it said, I think it said a young Brentford side, so it sounds like maybe it was the under-sevens or something like that. But mm. uh, I don't know. But, like, I mean, ultimately... You know that that's good. I mean, they're getting out on the pitch. They're they're hopefully working on a few things. Again, we don't know what he's done tactically. We don't know what he's going to do in terms of his lineup. Che Adams has obviously struggled for goals. At least that's a goal. Shane Long struggled for goals. At least that's a goal. So look, I think we need to look at very very small wins here. But ultimately, it wasn't like they played a game and lost three 0 to Brentford or something, which would have demoralised them even more. So there would have probably been what a ten day break between that and when they go into the Arsenal game so you would hope that he's been working on things we've not lost that many players to international duty for obvious reasons that they're not doing particularly well at the moment so again it's going into a period now where there's going to be a massive run of games up up to and over Christmas so he really needs to start to think about the manager what he's doing who's going to use where he's going to use them and uh, yeah I mean ultimately we need the fortunes to turn around. Yeah, and we need that kind of luck uh, this weekend. Uh, Raul says, uh, it's a bigger game for Arsenal. No one should be losing to us. But it has to be said, Arsenal are equally vulnerable right now. You know, had it not been for Pochettino sacked early this week, it appeared that kind of Hassan, Hootu and Emery were both favourites for the chop. Yeah, I mean, I saw that he'd been given uh, the vote of confidence as well, hasn't he, maybe a week ago. And I, uh, I made sure I did my research, Freddie, so I know that they've only won two of their last 10 Premier League mm. games. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, they're on... Un- 
under pressure, aren't they? And we know what the Emirates crowd is like. I mean, they will get on Arsenal's back pretty quickly um, if it's not going well. So I think Saints have got to go there. And as I said earlier, I mean, for me, I'd have no problem with them going there and playing a bit like they did at Man City, you know, defensively, trying to come away with a draw, see what happens, get the crowd, rest of us, get the crowd on their back, try and nick something on the on the, uh, the counter-attack because we know that that's how Saints play best at the moment, away from home with a, a bit less pressure on the counter-attack. So, yeah, I mean, it is a big game for Arsenal. I mean, our, our record there... Again, I did my research. We've only drawn once and lost seven of our eight games in the Premier League So uh, since we returned. So we've not had a particularly happy time at the Emirates. But again, records are there to be broken, aren't they? So I think everyone will expect Arsenal to, to win the game in terms of neutrals and things like that. So the pressure will be on them. I agree with Raul. Um, but, you know, from a Saints point of view, why not have some belief and sort of think, right, this is where we can go out there. We can get a point and go into that uh, Watford game with a lot more confidence. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, um, as you say, the pressure is off away from home, but we are desperate to start picking up some points. Yeah, I mean, we'll take them from anywhere, won't we? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, one point at home all season. I know we've had a tough run of fixtures, but you get to play everyone in the Premier League, don't you? So I think that's an easy excuse to give. I mean, you know, we look way off even picking up a draw at the moment at St Mary's, don't we, let alone a win? So, yeah, I mean, points, I don't care where they come from. If we, if we, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because if you lose at Arsenal and beat Watford, everyone would be, okay, well, that's fine. But if you win at Arsenal and then lose to Watford, everyone will be down. So it's sometimes interesting how you go about getting the points, but ultimately we need to get to, 36, 38 points at some point this season. And yeah, I mean, however they come, we're not going to complain really. But again, that looks a long way off at the moment. Well, William is here with the positivity. We need to continue our unbeaten streak against after demolishing Brentford 4-0. <laughs> Love it, uh, William. Good to see you. And I think that's the good thing, comment. Freddie. I I was just going to say, Freddie, I think that's a good thing through all of this. I know there's been a lot of frustration on the hashtag and things like that, but as Saints fans, I think we have we don't lose our sense of humour, do we? So people mm. like William, I think it's good to sort of see that and uh, keep smiling. It is only a game at the end of the day, eh? Yeah, absolutely. We we, we kind of turn to this dark humour in these times of need as well. Uh, great comment again from Raul. Do you think we play at worst when we play winnable games and look better when we play big teams where we all we have to do is stay put? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because Saints, I think, have struggled. You know, they did well under Koeman, um, but ever since then, they've really struggled when the pressure's been on them. So we talk about the Everton game. That was a game at home where lots of people have spoken about the fact that you needed to win that and we didn't turn up and perform. So again, our record against the top six until we beat Arsenal under Hasenhutl was pretty average as well. But since then, we have we drew at Chelsea, didn't we? We beat um, Tottenham as well. Um, so, you know, teams like that as well. So I think ultimately... It goes back to the point we were just making, when wasn't it? You, you know, we'll take the points how they come. I mean, I'm not bothered whether we beat Liverpool, whether we beat Watford, as long as we pick up the points. But I think Saints have struggled when the pressure's been on them, and maybe going to somewhere like Arsenal, where it won't be on them as much as it will the following week, will maybe help. Let's know. Yeah, and to be honest, um, you've mentioned our woeful record at the Emirates. Do you remember the last time Saints won at Arsenal? Uh, well, other than the cup games, you mean, yeah. Yeah, so in the league. Uh, I mean, I, I I remember going to Highbury a couple of times. Dennis Bergkamp scored. I think we got a draw, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it must be years. 1980-something? Yeah, close. Uh, 1987, we won 1-0 yeah. in the old Division 1. We've only ever won twice in league action at Arsenal. Before then was 1968. So I'm building us up to kind of break those <laughs> records this weekend, right? Well, I mean, we've probably played them quite a few times down the years as well, because, you know, generally always been in that top division. So it's, uh, I think I've always thought of Everton as our main bogey, uh, bogey ground, but Arsenal can't be far behind it. Yeah, I mean, the standard they've set kind of over the years as well. But um, 
equally, if, if we do manage to snatch some sort of victory, it gives us some momentum in this in this kind of crucial time for Saints. You've mentioned already about about Watford, Norwich, but you know, as you say, we've uh, we've got these next set of games where we kind of got the easiest favourable on paper, and everything nothing's ever played on paper, of course. But yeah. you know, Arsenal, Watford, Norwich, Newcastle, West Ham, Aston Villa, teams around us. Um, I think we should be looking at three, six, nine as a minimum over these yeah. next few games. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, Hasenhutl needs to do something. I, th- I think he needs to maybe let go of what he's been trying to do tactically. I mean, again, turning up to an Everton side that have struggled away from home, playing three at the back against them, playing one up front. I mean, again, it sets us off on the wrong tone. For me, I would go back to trying to do a four, two, three, one, something like that, where we can have a bit more um, sort of uh, attacking threat because I don't think Saints are going to keep many clean sheets. We know that until they can get some decent centre-backs in. So, you know, if you're if you're struggling to score goals and struggling to create chances and you're letting them in at the other end, you're not going to pick up many points. So for me, I hope he's been working on something. As I say, I'm not a football manager. He will know much better than I, but hopefully he's been sort of thinking about a bit of a jig around with the uh, the tactics on the lineup and uh, maybe try a sort of refreshed approach for the next few games. Yeah, well, the 3-5-2, 5-3-2, whatever, has not been working. Or the 4-2, 2-2, no. two, two, so famously kind of used is his kind of uh, uh, experience using that in the Bundesliga hasn't worked. But historically, you know, we, we get some success from this 4-2-3-1 system. Joe, great mm. comment. You know, we should play 4-2-3-1 with Ings up top with Buffal, Armstrong and Gineppo behind. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. I think Armstrong's, again, someone that's been probably chomping at the bit on the sideline. He's, he, I think, spoken publicly, hasn't he, while he's been on Scotland in, in uh, duty, sorry, about his frustrations at getting a game for Saints. So, again, you want players like that that are going to come in and sort of want to show their their desire to play for Saints. I don't think Prowse's done much this season. You know, like him or loathe him, give him a bit of a rest. Um, you know, so maybe someone like a Stuart Armstrong. I think Buffell did enough, Freddie, um, providing he's fit, obviously, to... To, whether he's starting at Arsenal I don't know there's games like that you wonder but of course we've all seen that that video of him taking on about four or five players at the Emirates a few years ago so mm. I, I don't think that's a bad shout that one at all and you know a few other comments let's I mean let's run through our lineups and predictions and lots of comments coming in now about yep. the formations and, and personnel so uh, Kieran says what's our best formation I'm, I'm getting the impression the 3-5-2 is the one that Ralph is going to go with due to the squad it's a shame he couldn't implement the 4-2-2-2 I blame the board for not backing Ralph I want to just extend on that, actually. Of course, this week, if you've been following the tabloids, uh, we've been uh, linked with this American centre-back, Aaron Long. As they say, two wrongs don't make a right, but does two longs make a right? That's dreadful, Freddie. I've seen it around, and it's still still not getting any better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we need that kind of quality in defence, and I'm not sure this Aaron Long is going to do the job. Again, I'm proven in the Premier League. So... Yeah, I mean, it is a huge gamble. I have to be honest, I know literally nothing about him, so I can't really give any uh, analytical insight, but I would question anyone coming from the the Major League about the the difference in quality between that and the Premier League, certainly. Um, But I think we have to be realistic. Saints haven't got 30, 40 million in January to go out and buy, you know, the world's second best centre-back or whatever. So are we... A bit like Kevin Danso, I think we probably thought when he came in, you know, a young lad, would he get a chance? He's, again, not being played in his position. Ralph seems to have fallen out of favour. So are we just going to take anyone because we hope that they're going to fit? Or are we going to sort of think, well, actually, is that someone that long term, whatever happens mm-hmm. to the club, can actually make a difference? So, again, this goes back to the point we we're making. We have no director of football, no head of recruitment at the moment. So what is the strategy? Who's making the sign-ins? You know, is it the manager? Is it Martin Simmons? I mean, I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that one. But... January's not that far away, so they need to get themselves sorted out. 
And to be fair to Martin Simmons, he's not a footballing man, uh, you know, sort of kind of promoted from within. Uh, we haven't got really any footballing kind of uh, senior management in the in the structure right now. We had for all of his uh, kind of malignment, uh, Ralph Kruger, he came from a sports background, he knew how to operate a sports club. But Martin Simmons is a businessman. He doesn't know how to kind of run and operate a, a football club of this nature, I would say. No, I mean, look, I, I thought he spoke very well at the fans forum earlier in the season and I thought he, he spoke with a mixture of intelligence and passion. So let's give the guy a bit of a chance. I mean, we're three months into the regime. As we said earlier, it's easy to start firing everyone down when things are going badly. But, you know, I think he's probably got a tough gig. You know, he's that middleman between Gao and the manager at the moment, isn't he? Mm. So he's probably trying to sort of keep them both um, happy. Um, he needs some support. He needs some footballing experience. I mean, there's been a lot of chat. You will have seen it. Saints Web, places like that, that the DOF uh, is nearby. But again, you know, Saints have had the whole international break to try and get someone in and we're now finding ourselves at the end of that and typical Saints style, nothing's happened. So he needs some footballing support. He needs that knowledge, you're right. Um, until that comes in, I don't think any of us will feel confident that there, there will be a turnaround in strategy at the moment. And Ralph also needs a right man, right hand man on the touchline too. He yeah. looks like a, a lonely figure striking up and down, uh, you know, the technical area. He's not getting much help from his staff either. You know, Davis, Watson, uh, Kitz Bickler, Biscuits. <laughs> Um, you know, they're not helping him. No, I mean, again, for whatever reason, whether he's, you know, I, I can't imagine that he would have said to them, I don't need your help. You know, you you help me in the change room. I'll stay out there on the touchline. Um, again, a lot's been made of the Danny Rowell exit um, and how much the players sort of felt of him, I think, as well as his tactical now and things like that. But you're right. I mean, I, I, again, I know it's easy as a Saints fan to get carried away, but why haven't we picked up the phone to a Sammy Lee? Why haven't we picked mm. up the phone to a Nigel Atkins or someone like that? Come and help the guy. Give him a bit of passion, support. I mean, both those guys would be on the touchline getting the players going. Again, I don't understand, you know, maybe it's because we haven't got that knowledge to be able to go and uh, sort of talk to, um, you, you know, play, people like that. We haven't got the contacts at the moment, but I just don't understand why we've not, even if it's a three month thing until Christmas or something, get someone in that can help him. Absolutely. Yeah. Sammy Lee knows the club as well. He knows Premier League. Uh, yeah, football clubs. He's been round the block for a fair few many times. He's out of know. work. I mean, that's a typical Saints thing as well. We don't like paying um, sort of uh, fees to take people away, do we? He's out of work since Sam. So you know, why not? Do yeah. I mean, it's again, it's obviously not going to happen. But I just, for me, I don't understand. Uh, you know, Hassan's mentioning Jan Kloytenberg there. I think he was more of a physio, wasn't he, than he was a sort of fitness guy. But again, at least people with a bit of experience. Yeah, I mean, I think Jan might well be working with Ronald in the Holland uh, national team right now. Right, let's get to our lineups then, Ben. Uh, predictions yep. as well. Uh, right, Mark says, uh, will Ralph have the courage to go with four at the back, an extra midfielder, maybe Slattery? We haven't seen much of him this season. Uh, it might mm. work better than a three centre-backs. We get swamped in midfield. And Kieran uh, says, I think Danso should be given a chance alongside Stevens and Bednarek on Saturday against Arsenal. So two contrasting opinions there. Yeah, um, I know he's not had the greatest season, but I would probably be my Ashida back in. Um, I think you need some experience back there. Um, Bertrand, again, I, I think people that listen to my podcast will know technically I think he's a brilliant player attitude-wise. I've never been quite sure that uh, he's 100% committed to uh, Saints, but Again, you've got that at the other fullback now because you've got Suarez saying that he's going to be moving on. And again, he got dragged at half-time on the uh, the Everton game. So I think for me, I would probably stick with Cedric at the moment just because of experience. I agree with uh, the comment that I would play. Again, I don't think Jack Stevens has done anything wrong since he came back in. So I'd probably, for my back four, go Cedric, Stevens, uh, Yoshida, Bertrand, I think in midfield, providing he's fit, I would go with Hoiberg and Romeo. And then I think as per the earlier comment, I think uh, Gineppo, Armstrong, Redmond, uh, sorry, Gineppo, Armstrong, Buffel, and then Ings up front. 
Mm, that's interesting. You leave the Redmond out as well. I I, 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 yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm a big fan of Nathan Redmond. He was deservedly player of the season last year, Freddie. But for whatever reason, he's not got going again since his injury. And I think just giving him a chance, bringing him on the last 20 minutes, half an hour as an impact sub when t- defenders are starting to get a bit tired, maybe certainly for the Arsenal game, might be an option. Yeah, what would you do? Um, uh, my uh, 11 would be quarterback. Uh, stick with Alex McCarthy in, in nets. Yep, agreed. Um, I think give him a chance. You know, I think Angus Gunn has had his chance and and sort of given away a couple of uh, uh, errors, certainly coming off his line far too quickly. Uh, back four then of Jan Valery with, uh, I think you've got to play Stevens, you know, mm. much maligned, much criticised uh, by a lot of our fan base. But he's come back into the team with kind of three or four games recently and he's looked composed. He's looked kind of at least some sort of leader operating the rest of that back four. Yeah. Uh, and I think you have to play Kevin Danso. I don't know what he said to Ralph. Maybe he's insulted his mother or something. We can only speculate. But Bertram's back from suspension as well. I think he has to play left back. Um, midfield, three... Probably Hoiberg, Romeo, Warprouse in front. Uh, Warprouse kind of play, or he could well be said as a 4 2 3 1. Warprouse mm-hmm. is that kind of uh, attacking midfielder to, to play make, if you like, outside wide. Probably uh, Gineppo, Redmond, and then Ings up top. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I mean, that's the good thing at the moment. You know, we've now that Bertrand's back, he's got options, hasn't he? There's, it's not like we're scratching around for our best 11. You know, he's got 15, 16, 17 players there that he can pick from. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. Yeah, and as a player that's come back actually recently from his loan at Red Bull in New York, would you put Josh Sims back on the bench and good to have him back home? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think why not? I mean, if he's if he's back again, he's he's someone that because he's been out of the club, he won't necessarily have been dragged and drained down like some of the other players, if you know what I mean. So he might still feel quite confident. He's obviously had a decent loan spell, I think, uh, over in New York. So yeah, I mean, I, I think a bit like Redmond, you know, he's someone that has a impact sub to come on for 20 minutes at the end take the the game to the opponents particularly if you're sort of one nil down or something like that then i think why not absolutely mm-hmm. right so before we wrap up the show then with some predictions uh time for you to tell us then about a uh, total saints podcast live at tsp 100 <sighs> tell us more about it ben yeah no thanks freddie so um yeah we, we were having a chat a few weeks ago about trying to celebrate our hundreds show um which is coming up probably around about mid to latter part of january um and we wanted to do something i think that would obviously uh, be recognised in terms of benefiting someone else. So, of course, someone uh, or something that's close to all of our hearts is the Saints Foundation. And uh, I am sort of, you know, lucky enough to have played football with Greg Baker, who many of you watchers will know as the head of the Saints Foundation. So, sort of reached out to him and said that we were thinking of doing something live. Um, could we do it in touch with them um, uh, and sort of in partnership with them? So, we're going to do it in in uh, the Five Rivers pub, which, uh, again, you know, I know you're very, uh, you introduced me to, Freddie, and Mans is obviously a, a very good guy and uh, we're going to do it there on the 10th of January, Friday the 10th of January in the evening. Uh, it's all going to be in support of Saints Foundation so all the proceeds on the evening there's going to be uh, an auction with I think some Saint, uh, signed Saints memorabilia that will be there as well. So that alongside tickets um, which are £10 plus a small booking fee for people that would like to come along. All of that will be going to the Saints Foundation. Um, Adam will be there, Adam Leach, um, Steve Grant will be there, you're going to be there, Freddie, Glenn Delacour is going to be there, Lucy hopefully is going to be there subject to uh, holidays. So I mean, look, alongside recording the podcast, it's going to be, I think, good for all of us to have a bit of a uh, a beer, a bit of a chat, probably a bit of a cry, a few hugs, that sort of thing, Freddie. So uh, <laughs> if anyone would like to come along, it'd be great to see you. And uh, as I say, the most important thing is that Saints Foundation are going to benefit from it. 
Yeah, excellent cause, worthy cause, no less. Um, and you can get tickets by heading over to uh, your Twitter page. It's your pinned tweet, right? And I'll also add a link down in the description after we've come off live. So uh, definitely sort of explore that option if you want to come join us for a beer. Hopefully Sky or BT do not dictate our game <laughs> to a Friday night against Leicester, which is uh, scheduled at the moment of the day after. So, yep. uh, you know, it could well be alive with a live game in the background, <laughs> but perhaps we're watching with our eyes covered, you know, with our blindfolds once again. <laughs> Uh, so bring them all as well. And I also want to bring your attention to um, this uh, monstrosity on my top lip. Uh, I'm going for the kind of shade underneath. It's coming uh, only about a week or so left. So it is for Movember, an excellent cause, close to uh, kind of my heart, if you like, as well. And this is to tackle uh, men's health, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, uh, men's uh, mental health and uh, suicide prevention. So if you want to donate to this attempt these masterpiece <laughs> i tell you what i'm going to use some of john's uh, mustache wax hopefully next week when it's matured a little bit more you know um so if you want to help us and donate to the cause go to mobro.co slash the ugly inside uh and help with what you can we're all lads you know we're all sort of we've all got males mm. in our lives you know whether it's our dad granddad brother son you know all of these are, are affected by these these men's uh health issues so you know this is for them um so do donate what you can so right on that note then let's have some positive positivity i know that's hard to come by sometimes but listen to your podcast you go with a kind of reverse <laughs> psychology right yeah that's not even working either is it so uh, um look do you know what i'm going to be positive freddie um i i think saints can pick something up at arsenal the weekend um i am going to go for a one all draw i will take that all day long and uh point away from home kind of stops the rot a little bit you know four games on the bounce about a victory without many goals either and hopefully it would give us some momentum returning back uh, to st mary's the weekend after against watford mm. um okay right i think we'll uh, we'll call that full time then ben uh great to join us and thank you all very much then in the uh in the comments uh, a lot of you joining us this evening and do make sure if you want to listen back to us uh, you can download the podcast and of course do check out the total saints podcast over on twitter soundcloud etc great uh, thanks for joining us ben cheers freddie all the best mate great stuff and thank you one and all A big thanks once again then to Ben, the host of the Total Saints podcast. A reminder, you can check out the uh, event details for TSP 100 in the description or the show notes below uh, and do uh, uh, support this event for such a, a worthy cause for the Saints Foundation. Uh, great to have Ben on the show once again. But now it's time then for your bite-sized guide to Arsenal. Now, uh, for once, the rail system in and around Southampton is not in chaos due to engineering work or strikes, etc. That means... There's no bus replacements and perhaps Saints fans may be able to go from Southampton to London uh, using the direct scheduled trains. However, don't bank on it though. The Bournemouth area seems to be beset by signal uh, problems at the moment means uh, trains are cancelled or late. So I would check your journey before you travel. However, then uh, a good tip to do is to split your journey when buying your tickets. You can stay on the same train, but if you get a return to Basingstoke, then a return from Basingstoke to Waterloo with or without a travel card, it works out cheaper. Then from there, uh, you will need to uh, navigate the London Underground. Uh, the Holloway Road on Piccadilly Line uh, is the nearest station to the ground. Uh, you need to change at Leicester Square uh, for that station. However, match days, it tends to get quite busy and often closed as it relies on lifts to get passengers to street level, which would get too crowded. A stop further on, though, uh, is Arsenal, and that is only a five-minute walk or so away. Finsbury Park is also on the Piccadilly line and Victoria line, uh, as the overground is also recommended, as many Arsenal fans prefer to use this 
than Arsenal after the game due to the queues at the latter. It's about a five-minute walk from uh, uh, beyond Arsenal Tube. And Highbury Islington is also a recommended stop, again, just round the corner from the ground. But uh, if you want uh, some liquid refreshment, then uh, do pop off on some of the London Underground stations, some uh, great boozes in and around uh, the city. So uh, plan your journey and navigate London as you wish. Uh, so there you go. Uh, just remember to split your tickets for a little cheaper train fare. But there you go, and that's your bite-sized guide, your world. Uh, the London is your oyster in this occasion. And uh, do let us know then, of course, if you are travelling up to uh, sold-out support at Arsenal. It'll be great to hear from you. But thanks very much then for listening along to this uh, Arsenal versus Southampton big match build-up show. Thanks for listening. Do remember to subscribe on our social channels and up the Saints.